Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast. We're your hosts, Caitlin Mitchell and Jessica Kanata. If you're looking for ways to bring rigor and engagement to your middle school ELA classroom without sacrificing your nights and weekends, then this podcast is for you. Our goal is to provide you with your weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can actually enjoy teaching again. We'll help you bring the fun and creativity to your ELA lessons so that your students master the standards and you can leave school when the bell rings. Get ready to be that teacher you've always wanted to be to do great work and thrive. So excited to have both Michelle and Bridget here from Teaching on the Double, and they are going to be speaking to us all about intentionally building habits that work for you. And this is really specific around teachers. So this is for you as a teacher listening to this podcast episode. Before we get into anything, though, I would first love for you guys to come on, introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about who you are. Some of our listeners might be familiar with you, but perhaps not. This might be the first time they've ever heard from you. So Michelle, you want to kick us off and then Bridget will come to you. Sure. First of all, thank you so much for having us. We're very excited. My name is Michelle Emerson. I taught in the classroom for seven years, second grade and fourth grade. I'm based out of Austin, Texas, and now I full-time am supporting teachers and providing professional development. And then I also co-host a podcast with my best friend, Bridget Spackman. Yeah, so that's me. I am Bridget Spackman. Um, I actually teach multi-age in central Pennsylvania. So I teach fourth, fifth, and sixth grade kiddos um, all in one big like room. Uh, and I also have kind of my separate entity with Bridging Literacy in the Lettered Classroom and have Michelle as well to be able to do the podcast with. So fun. I love that. I love that you guys work together, right? It's so nice to have a partner in all of this. Like I love working with Jessica and just, it's fun to bounce ideas off of each other and just have someone else to kind of go through everything with. So I think that's really special. Um, can you guys speak to us before we get into specifically what we're going to talk about just a little bit more about like what teaching on the double is about your podcast. Like I, you guys have a lot of, um, the things that we feel teachers should, w- would really benefit from hearing, um, in terms of productivity, organization habits and things like that. So I'd love to have you share a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, yeah, thank so, you. Yeah. So what we do with the teaching on the double is we have, it, it seems kind of confusing, but we have teaching on the double. And then we have our podcast, which is called teaching to the top and teaching to the top literally stands for time management, organization, and productivity. And so we try to provide actionable, realistic steps for teachers to really be able to kind of develop this like work-life balance, which is what we all strive to have as teachers, right? Because we tend to want to take everything home. We overcommit ourselves as teachers. And so teaching to the top and teaching on the double is meant to really help give teachers those strategies. That's great. Michelle, did you have something you wanted to add to that? I was just going to say that teaching on the double is kind of this umbrella that encompasses the podcast, but it also encompasses some of the tools and resources that we feel like can better serve teachers in those areas to make their lives easier. So things like digital planners and other templates that they can then implement to kind of take some of that workload off. Love it. So relieving stress in so many different capacities with 
find specific things that teachers can actually do. I love that. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So let's dive into everything. So we're kind of going to break up the podcast episode into three different kind of sections to walk you through how to intentionally build habits that work for you. But before we dive into that, I think one of the most important things that you guys are both going to talk about is what is the difference between a goal versus a habit? Because I think a lot of the times we get into this like goal mindset. Okay. My goal is to leave work at three. Okay. That's great. But how are you going to do that? So can you guys speak into that to start with? Yeah, I think you summed it up nicely. We all have goals, but the reality is winners and losers have the same goals. I know that sounds really harsh, but the differentiating factor is, do you have those habits and systems in place that can help you actually achieve the goals? So Bridget, do you want to kind of give like a definition maybe of each? Yeah. So instead of thinking about goals, goals is going to be your desired outcome. It's going to be the thing that you want to become at the end of the day. And then habits are going to be those actions that help you define and get to that desired outcome. So those are going to be like the actionable steps for it. Mm -hmm. I love that. You know, it's interesting. I'm taking this uh, leadership program right now. That's all about the concept of be, do, have, you know, be the person you want to be, do the work, and then you, you know, have the things that you want. Um, And it's so around that, like this vision that we have for our lives is like the desired goal, right? But it's the habits or the who we're being and like our beingness that impacts that vision actually coming into fruition in our lives. So I think it's a perfect parallel between goals being like our vision for ourselves and our habits being like our beingness, like who are we being? What are we doing? How are we operating differently to achieve that desired outcome? I think that's so important to specify. Yeah, it's that identity piece. You have to identify as the person that you want to ideally become. And then once you identify as that person, it becomes easier to implement those habits because they align with who you see yourself as. Yes, totally. I mean, it's so true. And like, I don't think anyone realizes the capacity to which our mind and our beingness impacts our doingness, which sounds a little wooing out there, but it's so true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> And empowering too, right? If you just change your way of being this, how you're going to operate is going to immediately change on a dime. Um, Super cool. So let's talk about the habits that teachers specifically should build in order to help them, you know, intentionally reach these goals with these habits that they're going to set up in their lives. Bridget, I'll let you start with the first one. (laughs) Yeah, I can kick us off. So the first one is going to be to use a power list. Um, And a power list is basically those top three tasks, those actions that you need to take during the day. So you can either do this the afternoon, the evening before, you can do it the morning of, but it's you kind of setting up the kind of stage for yourself. You're saying, okay, well, what are the things, three things that I have to be able to accomplish today? I feel like sometimes when we have these huge to-do lists, we start to feel overwhelmed, stressed out. We don't know where to go. So you're hopping from one task to another, to another. And by narrowing it down to three like actionable task items, you're more able to like accomplish that at the end of the day. Now mm-hmm. there's no reason that you can't do more, but three is just a really good number to have. Yeah. It's like having those three to complete fully by the end of the day, it makes you feel accomplished. And it's like, okay, if I have a few others that I can get to great, but these three getting done, I I love that. And that's something that, um, do you guys follow Michael Hyatt? I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, Michael Hyatt's great. Right. And he does that same thing of like three things, tasks to be completed for the day in business. And I think it's so transferable into teaching too. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now, one of the things that a lot of people will kind of confuse with the power list is they'll put really large projects onto it. So let's say I wanted to, you know, get all my report cards done, like in one day, that's not feasible. It's not something that you can actually do. You have to be able to break those projects down into things that are more tangible and easy to kind of manage. And so I might tell myself, okay, I'm just going to work on comments today. Um, and I might be able to get through that in one day and then do some of the other pieces on different days. But if you kind of have these really big projects, you're just going to overwhelm yourself and not feel successful at the end of the day. Yeah, I think that's such a great specification. Can you talk to me about like in terms of specific goals, you know, by three o'clock, I'm going to have finished five comments on like, does, can you speak into that at all? Is that helpful? Is that something that we're looking to do in our power list as teachers? So I think Michelle, you want to take this one? Sure. I think it depends on what the task is because there are certain tasks that might be more time sensitive and you might need to set those boundaries or set those reminders. To me, those are almost like the systems behind the scenes that are helping to ensure that you get your power list done. And it all depends on you and your personality because some of us are very motivated to just jump into it at the beginning of the day, whereas some of us might need to put those constraints in order to ensure that we're actually accomplishing it. And going back to what Bridget mentioned about having those projects and needing to break them down, it's almost this like Goldilocks, right? You don't want it to be too difficult of a task where you put it off because you don't know where to start, but you also don't want it to be too easy of a task. Like you should not be finishing your power list in the first 30 minutes of the day, because most likely that means you're completing those little tasks that really should be part of your ongoing routines your powerless items should be those tasks that are really moving the needle forward. So they're helping you actually get things done in terms of your lesson planning, your grading, all of those responsibilities, rather than just doing those little piddly tasks that aren't really going to make a difference at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And those piddly tasks are the ones that are so easy to just go do first because you're like, oh, I can check those off my list and it makes you feel accomplished, but then you're not seeing the results that you want to see. Yeah. Right. And that then leads to more frustration and overwhelm because you're like, I'm doing stuff, I'm busy, but I'm not actually like being productive. I'm not doing the right things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. So power list makes perfect sense. I love it. Three things every day that are like big things that are going to move us forward, but not too big that there are projects that can't be completed by the end of that day. Is that correct? Yeah. Correct. And it's, and it's one of those things that you're just going to have to play with in the very beginning. You're not going to get it right, right off the bat. So you might have certain days where you feel like you didn't get anything done off of your power list. And that just means that you have to kind of reevaluate what are some of those things that I'm putting onto my power list in the beginning. And so it's just something you have to kind of balance and just figure out as you move along. It's like that feeling of, okay, I need to figure out how much time is it going to take me to finish this one task. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes we, we do a really good job of knowing how much time it's like lesson planning, right? Sometimes lessons will take 30 minutes. And then other times it's like, you feel like you're doing it for two days. So you just have to figure it out as you go along, you're going to make mistakes, but that doesn't mean stop doing it. It just means keep trying mm -hmm. and reflecting and being super yes. honest with ourselves. Are we doing those piddly tasks and making those our top three so we can feel good about ourselves? Or are we setting too high of expectations and pushing it too far that we're falling short and then, you know, want to kind of let go of that habit because we're not seeing the results that we want to see. I love that. Yeah. So we always say you have to give yourself that like tough love, right? Like yes. you have to be kind of your harshest critic and you have to be realistic with yourself of, am I actually doing the things I said I was going to do? Mm -hmm. Are you staying in commitment and responsibility to yourself? A hundred percent. 
Yeah. So then what's another habit? So we've got the powerless. What's the next thing that we want to do? Okay. So the second habit would be whenever you're starting a task, you need to be using a template. So I think back to when I was a kid, my mom would never let me buy a greeting card from the store. She was very big into crafting. So I had to hand make every card. And I'm like, mom, there's an easier way. Like I can go to the store. It's already made. It has a nice little message. I just have to sign my name, but having that template, which a greeting card is essentially a template. It's really going to serve to take the pressure off, which that's going to make it easier for you to get started. And it's going to help keep that motivation high because you know that the task isn't quite as daunting. So looking at your lesson planning, you should have a template. So whether you're planning physically in a lesson planning, you know, notebook binder, or you're planning digitally, Bridget and I have a set of digital planners through teaching on the double. And it has all of these templates for the month, for the week for the day. That way you can just dive right in and you know exactly what you should be doing, but also areas like grading. I think that's something a lot of teachers overlook and they don't think about the ways to utilize templates to make it easier. So if you're handwriting the same comments on every kid's paper, get a custom stamp. You can go on Amazon. It's like $10 and you can make that stamp say anything you want. And then instead of handwriting it, you can just stamp it directly on the paper and then emails. If you're writing the same email more than twice, you need to have a template for it. That way you can go in, you can still personalize it just like you would with a greeting card, but you have that foundation there and it's going to make it easier for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so powerful. I mean, just even planning out my day to have a template of what I'm going to do in the morning and what I'm going to do in the afternoon. It just makes such a difference. And that's so applicable in lesson planning. Um, and that's what we teach our teachers also in our EB teachers club is like having this framework, this template of the into through and beyond approach. Like this is how we're going to plan our lessons. And it's just like, Oh, okay. I get it. And once you get the hang of it and start using it, you're like, what was I doing all those years without mm -hmm. using a template for all of these different things? That's so great. Powerful. What about laying the foundation? What does this mean? What's this habit that teachers should build? Yeah. So laying the foundation is just getting everything ready for the day. I mean, if you kind of think about it, how many times did you like lay out your clothes, get your lunchbox ready, go ahead and pack your bag the night before. And when you did that the night before, you just felt so much better going into the day because you felt like you had it all together, right? Laying the foundation for teachers is the exact same way. Whether you're getting your things ready the night before to head to work, or you're kind of taking out your papers, you're making sure you have copies, you're getting your tabs open on your computer, but you're setting everything up so that you feel successful. There's no like worse feeling than having to shuffle through things and to kind of figure certain things out, like as you're going. My dog is making noise. I apologize. Okay. <laughs> so that is it. That's laying the foundation. It's just essentially getting everything ready to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's huge. And that's something I actually would do on Fridays before the week started the next week. So on Friday afternoon, I would stay just, you know, 30 minutes late. I'd have all my copies made, everything like nicely stacked up on my desk, everything on the board for Monday. So when I left on Friday, I literally did not think about school until I got to school a couple minutes early on Monday and was just like, oh, okay, all good to go. I set myself up for success. And that's where like future you thanks past you for doing that for yourself. <laughs> yes. And it makes such a big difference. It really just changes your entire out. You could be having the worst morning ever, but when you get to school and you have everything ready to go, 
you're like, oh, thank goodness this happened. And think about how many times, like, you know, maybe you get a flat tire on the way to work or something ends up happening. You would end up thinking the, yourself in the future, like in the future saying, oh, thank goodness I went on ahead and I laid all these things out because now my sub has everything ready to go. And I don't have to stress about that this morning. Yeah. And it really doesn't take that much time. You know, it's a little bit of a little tiny bit of extra time to save a ton of stress more time in the future really is like setting up that future you for success. So to reiterate habits that teachers should build. Number one is using a power list. I love that you guys call it a power list too. That's so empowering. (laughs) Number two is using a template in like any capacity that you can. So Michelle gave us some great examples, lesson planning, grading, et cetera, but there are, I'm sure a multitude of other ways that this is applicable and then laying the foundation for success to set yourself up for success each day, each week, et cetera. So then I'd love to talk about, I know, and this was me, um, but is not me anymore because of habits that I've built over time. But I'm like, okay, that's great. I'm going to go try that. And then I do it for a week and then I don't ever do it again. And I'm like, well, you know, whatever, that's just the way that it is. This doesn't work for me, which isn't necessarily the case, right? It's all on who we are being. So I'd love for you guys to talk about some ways that we can have our teachers make these tips stick. Like how can we make these habits stick for ourselves? Yeah. So the very first tip is to shift your mindset. And this goes back to that identity piece. You have to be identifying as the person you are striving to become through these habits. So if you are someone that constantly says, oh, I hate lesson planning. I'm horrible at it. Like I never have it done on time. If your habit is related to having all your lesson plans for the next week done by Friday, you're not going to stick to that because in your head, you're telling yourself it's something you're not good at. Mm -hmm. So you have to shift your mindset and start identifying as someone who gets their lesson planning early. And you literally just tell yourself, I get to plan in advance so that I can enjoy my weekend. And it's almost the shift of instead of I have to, it's I get to, I get to control my actions to create this life that I've been you know, wanting to strive for and that I've been envisioning for myself. And that simple word, like language is so powerful, especially in the way in which we speak to ourselves, the have versus get is a Mm -hmm. game changer. And I urge, urge our listeners and everybody to do this just with anything that you do in life. Instead of saying, I have to go pick up my kid from school. No, I get to go pick up my kid from school. You know, it's just a complete perspective shift. And I think that that nuance of language is just incredibly powerful. So good. Shift your mindset. I mean, it's so deep, so deep, right? But just like the tip of the iceberg, if we can do that, I think that's hugely powerful. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things until you become conscious of it, you may not even realize that you're telling yourself that, but once you realize, oh, well, no wonder I haven't been doing my lesson planning. I've been telling myself I'm awful at it or that I'm always behind on grading. Once you recognize that, then you can start to make those changes because if you keep doing what you've always done, you're going to keep getting what you've always gotten. hundred mm-hmm. percent. And I think like even a small example of that, not even just like lesson planning, but something that might be more applicable to like what we say to ourselves of, and in terms of like working out and exercising, I forever, I, you know, I just don't like working out in the morning. I, I don't work out in the morning. Well, okay. Of course I'm not going to work out in the morning because that's literally what I'm creating as my own narrative mm-hmm. for my own life. But since I've shifted that, I now tell myself I I work out in the morning. I am a person who works out in the morning before the day starts. And now I get up and I start my day that way. And I can't imagine being the way that I was before ever again, because it's so empowering to do this in the morning. So I just, it's, it's applicable everywhere in our lives to every part of who we are, all of our relationships, all of the, the ways that we exist in this world. It's, it's so incredibly powerful. 
Yeah. I had a moment earlier, I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw this woman who has this beautiful garden and I instantly started telling myself, Michelle, you can't keep plants alive. You have a black thumb. Like you're awful at this. Bridget even tried at one point to get me a plant. She's like, you can't kill it. Oh no. It was I a killed it. Cactus. <laughs> yeah. It was, well, you needed to water it like once a week, maybe not even that. <laughs> and that's the thing, because I've always told myself that I'm awful at it. I never watered it because I'm like, well, it's going to die anyway. And I had that moment where suddenly I realized, oh, I've been telling myself this. No wonder my actions aren't getting me the results that I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Gosh, it's so good. Okay. Next tip. So the second tip is going to be prime your environment. Um, and this kind of go back, goes back to just kind of laying that foundation. But when you think about the, the times when you just have like everything ready to go in your space, it's going to allow you to make just doing that habit so much easier. So, you know, if you're somebody who has to have, you know, wants to work out in the mornings then you might have your workout clothes ready to go in the mornings because it kind of releases some of that friction. And that's the whole thing. You want to make everything as easy as possible. And so by priming your environment, you're making things easier for you. You're getting things ready to go. You're having it set up so that the next time you go to try to do the habit, it's ready for you. And you're not making excuses for yourself saying, oh, well, that too bad. Everything's dirty. Seems like I can't go work out today. You want to go ahead and find a way to prime that environment every single time. So it's like hitting the reset button once you're finished. Yeah, that's great. And the mindset plays directly into that because who you are is going to have you shift your environment, right. To fit that new mold. Exactly. Exactly. I have, um, I know a teacher in my building and she will often tell herself, well, I'm just not an organized person. It's not something that I can do. And so she has like everything on her desk and just all over the place. And the more she keeps telling herself, I'm not an organized person, it's going to make it even harder. And it's going to build more friction for her in wanting to become this organized person. Mm -hmm. And so like, I even told her the other day, I said, well, let's go ahead and set up your space. Like I can help you create create an inbox and I can help you create files and a system to make things a little bit easier for you so that you will want to go ahead and become this more organized person and change that mindset about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, it goes back to, I think Michelle, you said this of just being like brutally honest with yourself, you know, like just that is brutal honesty, you know, for her, like I am this way because I tell myself that I am this way. And so for our listeners, I mean, maybe as, you know, we're going through these different habits for making these or different tips rather for making these habits stick, start thinking about like, who do you want to be? Like, what is one part of your identity that you want to shift Mm -hmm. and tap into that, like to start with, otherwise it can be overwhelming of all the different ways, right? We want to change who we are to be the person that we want to be and have the life that we want to have, but it can be super small. It can be a super simple thing as I'm an organized person. And the more you tell yourself that the more you're going to start doing those types of things that are what organized people do because you are an organized person, right? All right. Yes. Go ahead, Michelle. I was just going to say, and once you have that one success, you realize, oh, I can make the cha- these changes. I am capable of becoming that person I want to be. And I think that then springboards you to make all of those other changes and it becomes less overwhelming as you go. Yeah. Super empowering. I love that. Okay. So one so far, shift your mindset Two, prime your environment. What's the next one? So tip number three is to stack your habits. Even once you have shifted your mindset and you've primed your environment, there will still be times where you just forget to do it. So especially with teacher brain, you're exhausted. Let's go back to that habit of setting your power list. 
you can either do that first thing in the morning or the night before, but maybe you want the habit of setting your power list before you go to bed each night. I guarantee you there will be times where you just get into bed and fall asleep before you get it done. So stacking your habit means you're going to do that habit with something that you're already doing consistently. So I know personally, I take a probiotic each night and it has become a habit. I don't even think about it. I just open up my nightstand drawer, take it out and take it. So now after I do that, my next move is to sit down on the bed and create my power list for the next day. So by pairing it with something you're already doing consistency, you're just making it that much more likely that you're going to do it and follow through rather than forgetting about it just because you're tired or you get distracted. Mm, that's super helpful because we all do things every day. Mm -hmm. Every single day we do things over and over and over again. And to just pair that brilliant. I love it. Next one. Number four. So the next one or is three. going to what be. What number are we on? One, we are two, on three, four. four. Okay. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> so the next one is going to be to pair your habits. Um, and how this is different from stacking your habit is that you're pairing it some, with something that you enjoy, not necessarily a habit that you already are doing, but pairing it with something that you like to do to help build and solidify this habit that you're really working on. So an example would be like, if you're somebody who wants to make sure that you have kind of that foundation laid every single morning, maybe you come in, if you really like quiet time, because I am somebody who loves quiet time in the morning. My house gets crazy with boys, dogs. It's a hot mess. And so I like to get to work a little bit earlier and I'll put on music. I'll put on low lights. And that just kind of gets me in the mood. <laughs> and that way I feel just kind of energized in a sense, even though it's very relaxing, but to go ahead and lay that foundation and get everything set up and to build this habit that I'm trying to work on. Another example would be uh, my mother-in-law was trying to work out. And so she was trying to get into this habit of working out every single day. And so one of the things that she would do is only listen to podcasts when she works out. It was her reward. That was her way of saying, okay, well, if I go to the gym, then I get to listen to my podcast. And so we would come in every time and say, hey, have you listened to this new podcast episode? It's fantastic. She's like, no, I haven't been to work out. And it would really urge her and push her to go and work out even more because she wanted to listen to that podcast. So you oh, can't brilliant. cheat yourself. That's yeah. the thing. You can't cheat. You have to kind of make sure you're telling yourself, I'm going to do this only during a specific time. Mm -hmm. That's brilliant. That's super smart. And that's like keeping you in commitment and integrity to yourself. If you say you're going to do something, you do something, you keep your word. So good. Yes. I was finishing up grad school. And so Michelle and I got together and she was like, send me a check mark every time you submit an assessment. <laughs> and I did. There were some nights where I would be working on it and I'm like, I'm almost done. I can send her the check mark now, but I wouldn't. I would stop myself and I would say, no, as soon as I hit that submit button, that's when I get to send her that check mark. Mm -hmm. So you do have to kind of hold yourself accountable and make sure that you're sticking to that. And it is such a rewarding feeling when you do that. Yeah. And I want to point out too, like how often Often we don't keep promises to ourselves, right? And commitments to ourselves. It's so easy to just kind of be like what you just said, I'll just send it because I'm going to finish it anyways. Right. But yeah. it's being out of commitment of that word that you said that you would do to yourself. Right. And when we don't keep our commitment to ourselves, what, how are we telling ourselves that we are important? Right. And that we matter. Um, so that's huge. That's huge. I love that. Such a great example. All right. What is the fifth tip? The very last one. 
So tip number five is to track your habits. And this actually pairs nicely with what we were just talking about, that accountability. We know that the main reason habits don't stick is because as humans, we struggle with consistency when something is new. We sometimes think we're more consistent than when when than what we really are. So when we look back, we're like, oh yeah, like I did that almost every day. And then if you actually tracked it, you would realize you weren't as consistent as you thought. So having a habit tracker is a great way to hold you accountable because you're actually marking it somewhere. So this is as simple as having a piece of paper. Bridget and I have a free habit tracker. It's just teaching on the double.com slash zero zero one. You print it out, write the habit, and then you can color in the box every time you perform that habit. It's that mantra of don't break the chain. It's just like with Apple watch and like closing your rings. And what I love about that is you can't cheat it, right? Like if you don't get it, you don't get it. And so having that habit tracker is a great way to kind of hold yourself accountable. And as Bridget mentioned, like have an accountability buddy, have someone that you kind of check in with. And maybe that means taking a picture of your habit tracker at the end of the week and sending it to them. It's just that extra step of having someone there to kind of make sure you're doing what you say you're going to do. Sorry, Michelle or Bridget, go ahead. Yeah. And you really have to find somebody who's going to kind of kick your butt and say, yep, you need (laughs) to definitely do this. Like I know that I can go to Michelle and she will get on to me. She will give me the tough love that I need to make sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But if I go to like another friend of mine, that might not happen. And they're going to be like, oh, it's fine. You're okay. Just keep going. And there, so you really have to make sure that your accountability buddy is somebody who's really going to hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. That is so true. So true. You need that tough love sometimes, right? I don't know about you guys, but I am like, I need to write things down. And if you guys can see behind me, and I'm sorry for those of you listening on the podcast, but if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, you can see this. I print out the month and every time I work out, I put a big X through the day because I found that if I was putting it in my phone, it wasn't the same thing because I wasn't Mm -hmm. seeing it in the same way that I'm totally 100% seeing it like smack dab in my face right behind my desk every single day. I think there's so much power in printing something out and actually like crossing it off or like you said, coloring it in in the habit tracker that you guys have. Yeah. And then storing it in that location where, you know, it's visible to you. It's that constant reminder. So whether that's your fridge or your bathroom mirror, somewhere where you're going to look at it on a daily basis, because every time you look at it, you go, oh yeah, that's what I'm working toward. That's that new identity that I'm trying to establish. And I need to make sure that my actions are aligning with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. Okay. So to reiterate the tips, number one, shift your mindset. So big, so powerful. Number two, prime your environment. Three is to stack your habits. Four is to pair your habits. And then number five is to track your habits. And you shared that tracker that you guys have on your website that we'll put that link into the podcast show notes for everybody too. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Is there anything else that you guys want to touch on? I think this is so helpful of just being intentional about the habits that we're going to build and actual ways that we can implement it without feeling overwhelmed. So I really appreciate you guys sharing all of this, but is there anything, any last little tidbit of information or? Yeah, I would probably say, don't try to do too many habits at one time. Um, If you overload yourself with, you know, five or six different habits, you're going to become overwhelmed because you're trying to keep track of so many different things. Start with one habit, maybe two, but that might be pushing it. And as you start to feel like it's starting to become more of a routine, because it's something that you instinctly just do now versus having to really think about each of the steps, then you can start kind of adding to some of those. So define and decide on which habit is going to be the one that you really want to start with and then go from there. Mm -hmm. I think that's great advice. I do have a question that builds off of that. Um, if I'm picking, let's say one, how long 
should I do that one for before I build in another one? (laughs) So that is a great question. And I'm going to challenge you to shift the mindset on that rather than asking how long, ask yourself how many, because it depends. Is this something you do multiple times a day? Is it something you only do once a day? Is it something you only do once a week? It's unfair to compare habits that you're doing on a daily basis with something that's only once a week or once a month, because that timetable is going to look different. It's more so those repetitions. And each time you perform that habit, it's like you're, you know, placing a vote for the kind of person you want to be. And so it's more like, how many times do I need to do this for it to stick rather than how long is it going to take? So what's the answer to how many times? I think it depends on on everybody. (laughs) And I think it depends on your identity too, right? Michelle identifies as somebody who works out all the time. I am not, (laughs) I am nothing of that. Um, I don't (laughs) identify that. So if she wants to build a new routine to working out something that's maybe not what she's doing now. So she does a lot of power lifting. So maybe she wants to do more cardio. It might not take her as long to build that habit. Whereas for me, because I don't identify as this person who works out, it's not something that I'm already doing, it might take me way longer. So you really just have to kind of listen to yourself, listen to your body, to your mind, and just kind of determine that on your own. Um, Everybody's just different. You can't really decide that and pinpoint that for, for, you know, all people. Totally. That makes perfect sense. And I feel like I've heard random things in some places, like seven days to break a habit or something, or 21 days to build one. And I was always like, really? Like, I don't, I don't feel that way. I don't think so. So I like your guys' perspective on that a lot. Yeah. I don't even know how you would, from a scientific standpoint, like measure that and and come up with a number, but I think people love numbers, right? It gives them something to kind of work toward. And the reality is like, that's just not going to be the way that it is. Like, it's you know, as much as we hate to say that we can't give you a solid number. Mm -hmm. Well, the reality is, is shifting our perspective on who we are. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's a lifelong journey, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. So powerful. Well, thank you both so much. It was so nice to chat with you. I loved all of the tips, especially the powerless, like super smart, such a great thing for teachers to hear. I don't think that that's something that's really taught. I mean, none of this was taught to me in graduate school. That's for darn sure. And it would be really helpful um, for a lot of people. So I really appreciate both of you coming on um, and everyone can find you on your podcast, um, teaching to the top. And then also both of your individual Instagrams will put all of your contact information in the show notes of the podcast episodes. Um, thank you both so much for joining us. I loved having you, and you guys will be at Batch Planning Live yes. with us, which we're very excited. excited about. So, if you have a ticket to Batch Planning Live, both Michelle and Bridget will be there um, in June. So, we're looking very much forward to that and super excited that you guys both said yes and that you'll be joining us. So, yeah, thank right. you so much for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Have a great week, everybody, and we will see you next week on the podcast. Bye, everyone.